it is a time for another athlete podcast. Dave McFadden, dude, first of all, I, I mentioned it off air, but thank you for athletes can be flaky and you were here early and, and it's appreciated. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having on me. Yeah. We, uh, you're not early, you're late. Right. So, right. um, gotta be, you gotta always be a little early at the least on time, but I consider that late. So I agree. All right. So you, you said you're busy with coaching and training and you got a lot going on. It is not typical anymore to wrestle at a level that you are and to split coaching duties as well. What, what went into that thought process? Um, I, I know you love coaching. I know yeah. you do. Like we've spoken about it. Like you, you kind of got the coaching bug, but you, you gotta be, you know, you first sometimes too. So where does, where does that line go and what, how do you draw that line? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to, <clears throat> managing your time properly right is you got to kind of like i lay out kind of my schedule at the beginning of the week and it's like all right we're practicing here right obviously my practice comes first with my team uh the prtc right and then it's like okay you kind of start working backwards or like what time are you gonna lift uh what time am i gonna work individuals with guys like so as long as i like have this set schedule you know throughout my week like i'm able to manage and you know sometimes i get a little tired right and you know sneak a nap in here and there um but once you kind of get into that routine you kind of just you know it's kind of like clockwork right and um you know i love coaching i love helping out i'm you know i'm an assistant coach and competing full-time and i'm also um a coach at the all i see is gold academy which has been you know just really really awesome you know getting the coach alongside with uh jordan and you know that that's just been you know working with those kids and that that's kind of what i went to school for right my major in college was human development so i was around like a lot of like you know young kids and also just being you know being in the camps right at, at virginia tech like we'd have our summer camps where we'd stay down there for you know all of july right we'd have high schoolers little kids come in and you know i i kind of always always really had passion for working with uh you know like the middle school age kids right and you know I just, I, I really like that age for some reason of just, you know, helping them develop, right? Because they're kind of- like, Hold on, hold, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I gotta, I gotta stop you there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I I didn't realize I loved working with middle school kids as well. Why do you like, because it probably is different for me, I would think, but why do you like working with that age group more than, let's say, high school or even college? I think they're just, they're like innocent, right? They're like kind of pure hearted, right? They're all there to learn. Like I love, like, so at Jordan's Club, we have, uh, we actually have, we have uh, the golden nuggets, which are only on Sundays, right? And this is like, I mean, we're teaching them like more like footwork and, and sure. positioning, right? They're like, I mean, probably about six years old, right? So a lot of times it's They're like, babies, a, right. yeah, we're like playing games and stuff and just keeping it fun for them, right? And then 
we have the mini gold, which is probably eight to 10 range, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, we got some, some pretty good kids, right? But to kind of keep their attention for an hour, right? Can kind of be difficult. And then we have the high school at night, which is obviously high school, but then in between it's, we call it the youth elite, right? And this is like anywhere from probably fourth to fifth to sixth grade to about seventh to eighth, right? That middle yeah. school gap. And, you know, we have some guys, man, where I'm like watching them, I'm like, man, these guys have, they, they have it, right? And I just think it's really cool working with them, right? Because they're, they're just so pure, right? They're there to learn, right? We have, you know, some some kids will stay right our sessions run an hour and a half and you know we have like a core group of probably five or six guys that'll you know do double sessions every time we have club right which is like what i did as a kid right i always wanted to be around the high schoolers right it's like you know and that's what i think really jump started me at an early age so it's really cool to kind of see them and um you know hey we're gonna do this practice and then we're gonna do another one right so they're on the mat for three hours a day and man i get tired watching them sometimes yeah. I I don't go three hours anymore right uh but it's just it's cool it's cool because i think back to my club days right of you know training under coach buxton and you know being able to walk into a room at that age right is it, kind of daunting right it's intimidating sure, sure. And, and you know i give i give kudos to our high school guys right they take them right under their wing right and i you know preach the message that hey these are you know you need to you need to carry yourself not only as wrestlers but as men and women because these are you know you're their role models right and they do such a good job in the club of just you know helping them out and you know it's just it's one of those things that it's just it's really really fulfilling as a coach and you know just seeing the smiles on the kids faces right and it's always been one of my like dreams to kind of you know be involved in a club right and mm -hmm. i just I think back to my days as a club of how influential, like how much of an impact coach Buxton had on me. Right. Like I probably, if it wasn't for his club, I probably wouldn't have wrestled at Virginia tech. Right. Because it jump started my, uh, my development, right. Being on the mat with Joey McKetta, Jordan Cutler, right. All these other Blair guys. Right. And I was training, I was going up my, my coach, my high school coach was, he was awesome. Right. And he mm -hmm. kind of saw that I kind of had, the talent at a young age so when i was a freshman in high school he would let me go up to blair academy twice a week miss my own practice just hey you know my dad would pick me up from school right so i had this relationship probably from like seventh eighth grade with buxton and then you know he kept the door open for me you know even though i didn't go to blair academy and then yeah that's that's important right like it, giving you that that type of flexibility and that type of uh of freedom yeah how many high school coaches can put their ego away like that you know no buxton he was he he's awesome i still have an unbelievable relationship with him like uh and you know my dad always right one of his my dad wasn't a wrestler right but he he was you know he knew my dad never really pushed me early like i kind of had that like i want to i want to get better right so he was just like you can never be the best guy in the room right and so right he'd send me off to blair and then when buxton opened his club it was my junior year of high school so now he opened up a club 30 40 minutes from my house i mean i was on the mat with him and uh joey mckenna like four nights a week him me, me joey joey mckenna jordan color right? we were all just me because we were all friends right like mm. they were, you know jordan and, and joey are like two of my best friends right and they just happen to be pretty dang good at wrestling too so um yeah but that's you say that right but like you gravitate not just you but we gravitate 
to like-minded people and yeah. and like I don't know about you, but it was very difficult keeping friends that didn't understand that. Like, I got to get rest. Number one, I got to get, you know, I got, I got things to do, man. I got to lift. I know it's inconvenient right now that I like my buddies want to go hang out or whatever, but I got to go lift. You know, it's much easier to keep friends at a high level or like-minded at least. So yeah, that, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Now I want to get back to, something that you said earlier, three hours a day on the mats for some of these kids. Here's, here's what I'm finding. Okay. When I was growing up, it was not uncommon to have kids go two sessions, three, three hours. It was not uncommon, right? Like a lot of people did it. And then for a while it was like, all right, get your 90 minutes in and then get out. Right. And that's, that's it. But what I'm seeing now, because ask so now as I'm kind of getting more into this PNL thing, and I'm talking to some of the coaches, and they're doing a, an amazing job at kind of opening my eyes to how everybody else kind of does things, and how there's probably no right way or wrong way. But Askren said to me, or, or I think it was just to the group, really, it was like, "Yeah, my kids, my high school kids right now can still go three hours a day, and here's why: we didn't kill them." when they were 10 we didn't kill them they just had fun on the mat when they were 10 years old because it didn't really matter but they enjoy being and, and maybe we don't go super hard for three hours maybe we just kind of play wrestle a little bit but yeah my kids can go for three hours right now and the guys at pinnacle will be like no there's no chance of that half my kids we lost half my kids to football because you know we we pushed real hard when they were eight ten years old and now they're you know, we, we lose them for the ball because they, they want to play football. And I get that. Right. So where do you stand on that? Because obviously the pinnacle guys are, it's working out for them too. They've got a bunch of world champions, like age level world champions more than anyone else in the country. So it's working out for them. But where do you stand on that? Do you, if you had to do it again right now, would you lean more towards volume in reps or would you lean more towards 90 minutes an hour? No, I, I mean, right, there's no right answer, right? Every, like, you look at a program like Iowa, right, and Penn State, they've been number one and two in the country for, what, the last 10 years, right? And, you know, I've never been in their rooms, but by their style and from things I've heard, right, I think they run two completely separate, you know, ways to run their program, right? And I'm not saying one's right and, and one's wrong, right? They're both, mm -hmm. you know, they both – are phenomenal programs coached by Olympic gold medalists, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's one right way to get there, right? But it takes a certain type of kid with a certain type of style and a certain, you know, drive, I think, um, to do that, right? And and I think when you're doing the double practices is like, for me, I loved it because like you said, it, it if I was doubling up, I wasn't doing an hour of live wrestling, right? No. And then take a little break, go in the other practice in an hour where you just run your body down. Right. And I think one thing that, you know, me and Jordan are finding, right. Is like, you know, we got to keep it fun for the kids. Right. Like, and, and the one thing about like, right. Our core group that ends up staying for the next practice, they, they love wrestling. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, we try and make it fun for them. Right. Like we'll start out with a game. Right. You know, so, some other things where it's like the three hours I hope for them goes by, you know, relatively quick. 
and they want to be there. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Their parents aren't forcing them. Well, a lot of times, like they're not forcing them, but a lot of times, right, they're coming with an older brother, right? Mm-hmm. Or so like now it's like, okay, if you're driving 30 minutes away, well, now your older brother's coming to the earlier session. And now yeah, but they could be on their phone pulling around on, on TikTok exactly. during that time. They could be, right? Yeah. Like you would see a lot of kids do that, right? But But you got these kids that are wanting to get on the mats. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So you, uh, yeah. So it's right. They're like, so the youth elites practice is from six to seven thirty, and the high school seven thirty nine. Well, a lot of these guys, right? They carpool and and stuff. So it's like you're there already, right? You're gonna be there for another an hour, for another hour and a half. It's like, what do you, what do you want to do with your time, right? And we never like, like if you're here, you have to wrestle, right? They right. want to, and I think that's the biggest thing. And you're seeing it now, right? With with these clubs, like you, even like I saw. Askren at the foul, right? He's got two high school kids wrestling in the foul. Like these kids at a young age are incredible right now. Like we are, we are in the golden age of, of wrestling, right? Oh, I've wow. never, especially as USA, right? We're killing, killing it at mm-hmm. age level world championships, killing it on the senior level, right? It, it's just, we're in this golden era of wrestling. And I think a lot of it has to do with the club scenes growing up, right? You see like a Bo Bassett right now, like killing college kids, right? As a sophomore in high school. It's incredible, right? And then Marcus Blaze knocks off, knocks off not you know an All American. He knocks off the number one guy in the the entire country, and he's not even a senior in high school. I, I don't think, right? So you're you're seeing right the, this RTC development and and these club coaches where these kids have access, right? Every time we go to Colorado Springs, right? There's you know the Bo Bassett, you know type wrestlers there that mm-hmm. are exposed to these senior level athletes, which is incredible for them. I think it jumpstarts your progression. Now it's like, can you, can you, you know, not overtrain at and can you sustain it now oh. through college and senior level, right? Like we're gonna have to have to find out because I, you know, we I never wrestled in a college tournament, high school. I never like that was never an option, right? I never. It, yeah, it wasn't on my radar, right? Yeah. No, for sure. But these kids are good. These kids are really, really good, and I think. And Joel, you you can kind of chime in on this too. I think and, and because we talk, Joel and I talk to people every week, and and we're all seeing the same thing. The U.S. is is killing it, like you said, and a lot of a lot of it, I think, comes down to professionalism in coaching mm-hmm. at a youth level. At a youth level, I don't know if you know this, but twenty years, twenty five years ago. There's no chance that the greatest wrestler in the world, period, the end, probably of the last 30 years, Jordan Burroughs, there's no chance that he opens up a youth club. There's zero chance. Yeah. Okay. He would definitely would have gotten into college coaching immediately. Yeah. Okay. But we're in a we're in a day and age where Jordan, like, let's look at the let's look at the team. Right. Let's just let's just look at the team. David Taylor and Jordan Burroughs have the most gold medals on that team. They both have youth clubs. Very successful clubs. Very successful youth clubs. I don't think that that's going to stop anytime soon. I really don't. So now there's this high level interjection of coach, high level athletes interjecting themselves as coaches at a youth level. I think the sky's the limit, no? 
no, I, I agree, right? And like I said, right, coaching coaching club is some of the most fun I've had coaching wrestling. And I think, you know, this is what I'm trying to figure out when I'm done competing. Like what I'm always going to be involved in wrestling, right? But now I'm trying to figure out what level of wrestling and what am I going to gravitate to? Because I also, right, I went out to the U23 World Championships and coached Doug Zaff. And then I, me and Joey McKenna, uh helped assist coach slay at the bill foul right and that was super fun like coaching the highest thing, right yeah. so it's you know it's like I, I think that's that's one of one of the, the cool things right is you know i'm trying to put myself in the position so when i finally hang up my boots right i'm gonna have options to kind of you know figure out what i want to do what life after my competitive career looks like in terms of you know coaching wrestling Makes sense. You've you've got so much experience coaching at so many different levels. Has how has you know if if it has at all um, your different levels of coaching impacted your ability to compete uh, currently? Yeah. So it's definitely like one thing I've noticed, right? If you look at kind of right, like I'd call it data, right? You look at the last, right? I've been I'm going on year number four on the on the senior level. Um, right. If you kind of look at my, uh, you know, track record, I guess you, you call it right, is what I've noticed is like, you know, kind of during during the college season. Right. My results are a little bit down. Right. And I don't know if that's necessarily correlated, but right. It's I think the unselfishness. Right. Is like I care more about trying to help these guys reach their goals. Um, I don't necessarily want to say that like, oh, I'm, you know, kind of. Uh, I, I don't care about me, right? Because I do, right? This is my job. My job is is to is to wrestle, right? But I think a lot of times, right? I I have trouble sometimes of managing my schedule, even though I do a pretty good job of it. Is like, you know, one thing that I've noticed is, you know, let's say a January, February, right? It's like I'm going from this tournament to this tournament, to this tournament. Then I'm getting on a plane and going to Turkey, and I haven't had time to spend with my wife, and you know, I haven't been home for three weekends, and now I'm gonna be gone for a week and a half and then come back and I got to go, you know, jump right, right back into it. Um, where if you look at my last two U S open results after the college season, right, I won it and I took third. So I think that's one thing that going into this year, I'm very, very aware of. And I'm, I'm very grateful that our college coaches are so good with our schedules. Sure. Right. They're not like, you know, you're here to, you're here to coach. It's like, no, we want to accommodate you as best as you can while you still help our guys, which is, you know, a huge part of like why I wanted to be a senior level athlete. Right. I didn't, I necessarily didn't want to jump right in the coaching away, but I still wanted to help. And, you know, with the PRTC, we have two college programs, right. Penn and Drexel. It's like, you know, their donors want to see, right. Our donors want to see the college program succeed just as much as they want us to see it. And right. It's part of our job is, is to help them. And I'm fortunate to be, you know, in a weight class where on both programs, we have really, really talented college wrestlers that I really enjoy wrestling with and, you know, kind of take them under my wing and, and be a mentor to them. Yeah. So you said it, man, there, you know, and this goes back to, in my opinion, this goes back to us being in the golden age of U.S. wrestling. A guy like you who, you know, doesn't have four NCAA titles under his belt is winning the U.S. Open and, and competing 
against you know the the likes of of Vincenzo, who does have a, a few NCAA titles under his belt. He's got two and four. I think he, he made four finals, right? Yeah. And he's competing with, and you're beating these guys. What does that say about the 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 level of RT or the, what the RTCs have done to the level of this sport in this country? Yeah, it, it's incredible. I, I truly believe that the reason why USA wrestling is so strong right now is RTCs. Right. And, you know, you look back to right the early two thousands where your only, your only training opportunity was to either like be a college coach and just train folk style wrestling. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, just so you could get your workouts cause you needed a job. Right. Or it was to live yeah. at the OTC and, you know, I don't think they paid their guys there, but you had free housing and free meals. Yeah. Um, right and it's like now with these rtcs like we have the ability to kind of choose where we want to live and where where we're going to be the happiest where we're not like all right like i have to move to colorado right i'm an east coast guy right um yeah. i love colorado springs i think the usa wrestling like joe Russell and bill's at it they do an unbelievable job managing right i mean they've, they've won the last two years and this year it wasn't even close i don't even think last year was that close right we're at this level but with rtcs right like for me philly I, my wife is 40 minutes her parents live 40 minutes outside the city my parents are two hours away they live up in north jersey so it's like i'm i'm like whenever i need to go home or see them right i can just jump in my car and i could drive there and come home in the same night right mm. i have a full-time freestyle coach who's an olympic gold medalist right and it's i i think this is a huge part and you know we have to do our best right now i think as a as a collective right with you know there's probably only a few programs in the entire country that are going to be able to deal with nil and and rtc right but it's like if rtcs go like you'll see a decline there's no doubt in my mind uh you'll see a decline and i think why we're so we're so rich in wrestling right now is because of these rtcs and obviously i'm going to fight for them right because i'm yeah. not athletes but Right. If it's like your money's going to go to a college kid where and then that's what's crazy. Right. As I think about it, it's like some of these, you know, I don't know what guys are getting, but, you know, oh, you I got live, an idea. Yeah, I got an oh, idea. We all got ideas. I mean, but I live, we're I live, all here in the same numbers yeah. floating around and they're not small. I mean, I lived, I lived so broke in college. It was crazy. Me and my, uh, me and my best friend Cody, we would have a little jar on the end of our table, and we just throw our loose change with it in the end of the week. By the end of the week, and end up collecting like ten dollars and hit the grocery store. Like we were like that, that broke yeah. in college, right? We come from like blue collar backgrounds. It was like the last thing we're gonna do is ask our parents for money. It's like we're gonna find a way to figure it out, how to, you know, live and still train. And you know, we had a meal card, but eventually it ran out right <laughs> so it was like you kind of find you kind of find a way and you know i just think rtcs are, are just are so valuable not only to the college guys but you know to the, the to usa wrestling as a whole and you know we're not making what these college guys are which is you know crazy but it's like would you rather invest you know half of what you're going to give a guy for one year or would you rather invest in a guy like me that's you know going to be there and you know is going to almost be a player coach but also you know kind of it's you know, tricky mcfaddy you know it's tricky it's tricky man because those donors they it is they they're what we have to remember is they're donating to the uniform first 
right? Yeah. Like they want to see the college uniform, the college singlet successful first, generally. Now there are exceptions, I would assume, but generally they're going to want to see that college program thrive first. And I think it is going to be real interesting in the next 10 years to see how this all shakes out. Now, do you see the, and again, we're talking, if we don't know specific, I have not seen a contract, but you're hearing the same numbers that I am. And they're upwards of $250,000 for a year for an athlete in a college room. Okay, and sometimes so can, these football players are getting it's. it's bro, I don't even want to know. But the, but from what I understand, the highest paid NIL athlete is a female gymnast who has a monster following on on Instagram. Yeah, she's actually from North Jersey too, which is of course she is. Of course she. Is. Jersey breeds the best people. Come on, of now. course. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna get into it with Joel Shaw on the line, but yeah, as, as long as you bring it up, yeah, she's from Jersey. Um, but. I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you see this bubble bursting anytime soon? Is Are these numbers inflated? Are they going to go down? Or are we just going to see them go up and to the right for the next 10 years? I would think the NCAA would probably nip it in the butt, but they kind of opened this can of worms, you know, which is like they've opened such this, this big can of worms that it's like I feel like they don't even know what to do because essentially how I viewed and like – it's crazy because one time in college, I posted a picture of myself wearing a Virginia Tech singlet and was like, hey, I'm going to be up in North Jersey from these dates if you want to contact me about a camp or a clinic. No right? do. Make ends meet, right? And I get called in like the human resources department like the next day. It's like, hey, you got to take this down. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm just trying to make – they're like, you no, you're selling the school. Mm-hmm. Image and likeness, right? And I'm like, man, like, what? Like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. And the way I thought NIL was supposed to work would be like, let's say I'm, you know, in college, right? And, you know, a company like uh, a Rudis or a Nike or an Asics, they reach out to me like they're like, hey, like, we think you're really marketable, like you're doing great in college. Like we want to give you, you know, a thousand dollars a month and you have to post on Instagram X amount of times. And, you know, we just want you to wear our stuff like. I'm, I was like, okay with that, which is like, yeah, you should be able to like, if a brand reaches out to you, rep it. But now essentially, right, with this, like, that's how I thought NIL was supposed to be, right? It's like, oh, like, let's oh, you're adorable. Yeah, like, oh, you. Right, like, let's say, like, for instance, like a Zion Williamson when he was mm-hmm. in college, right? He was the best player, you know, probably in any sport, right? And it's like, you know, okay, Nike reaches out to him and they're like, hey, we want to get on you early, almost like a Michael Jordan situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, we want to get on you early before anyone else gets you. Like, we want you to sign, which you should be able to, right? It's like, okay, I want to make money, like support. Um, But now it's just like, hey, here's a a nice uh, big bag of cash or or something. And um, whether how long that goes, right? It's just gotten taken so out of context with, you know, everything and, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like maybe if I was in college making a hundred grand, yeah, sure, I'd be like, yep, NIL's great, right? But I, I think the biggest thing that you know I rely on is loyalty, right? Is you know I I love Virginia Tech, right? I love my time there. I loved uh, you know Coach Roby, 
you know, Coach Roby was, you know, he was an awesome, awesome coach, awesome guy, right? And it's like if someone threw me a bag of cash, right, I would, you know, think that, no, like I'm going to stay loyal to this program, right? And, but I didn't get thrown a bag of cash, but, you know, I went to Virginia Tech not because they were paying me. I went there because I loved the school. I loved the school spirit there. You know, I loved the coaches and um, I loved the teammate, the team, right? Like, you know, those are my best friends, right? They were in my wedding, right? Those are guys like no matter money can't buy that, right? Right. But here's the thing though, man. There are guys like you. There are. Parker Keckheisen has been offered money to go somewhere else and he has not gone. Yeah. That that shows a tremendous amount of integrity. But it's really difficult because Parker's coming from a blue collar background as well. You're, you're passing up life-changing money, dude. Yeah. We're, we're call, let's call it what it is. It's, it's, yeah. it, can life change, it can change your life. A quarter of a million dollars at 18 years old, properly invested, or not 18, but 22 years old, properly invested, can make you a lot of money yeah. in the, in, for the long term. Mm-hmm. Do you blame these kids? No, a hundred percent. No, like you see some of these guys, right? They all American or something at a smaller school. It's like, they're doing what's best for them. Right. I'm not saying I'm not like, like, Oh, you have to be loyal, this and that. No, you're doing what, like, look, you graduate, you have a year of eligibility. You want to go test your waters, test the waters. It's like, and you're going to make my, it's like, yeah. How can you blame these kids? Right. I mean, I wasn't in that boat. Right. We didn't have anybody. You think a guy like, like think about how much money, like, you know, like a guy like Mark Hall missed out on, right? He was probably, mm-hmm. I think when we were in college, right? He had the biggest college following, right? He was mm-hmm. a marketable per, right? Like, you know, he just, I'm not even saying like people giving him cash, like he would have made money. People would have reached out to him, you sure. know, he would have did it the right sure. way. And, um, you know, but I can't blame these kids. Like why, why would you pass up on that opportunity? Hard, man. It's really hard. We talked to, we talked to Freyer. Right. And and he's like, I gotta re-recruit my athletes. Think about that. I have to re-recruit athletes that are already in my room every yeah. year. Yeah. I mean Bryce Andonian, Makai Lewis. I, I have to re-recruit them. Yeah. It's Hard. A, yeah, I think like, right? I don't know, like I really don't know the rules on it, but like I'd be like something okay with like an incentive base, like, hey, if you're an all American, we're gonna give you, I don't know, ten thousand dollars, you win a national title, we're gonna give you Fifty thousand. Like, if there was like rules and like stipulations in place, like that's one thing that you know I love about my contract at the RTC at the PRTC, right? It's like the if I make a national team, if I make a world team, if I win this, right, I get an added bonus. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm not saying money's the most important thing, but it's nice. Like, hey, like we're gonna give you a raise because you did good in your job, as if you were the you know go from a vp to a cfo and in a company right it's like you're going to get a raise like oh you're you made national team we're going to bump you up oh you made a world team we're going to give you a little more right and it's like sure. i mean i don't know if I, I i like i thought i vaguely remember like nil would be like it can't be incentive based i think i saw this one football player like got a 2 million nil deal and was like all right i'm out like because okay. it's he's just like i'm done I'm done yeah. because it's like I have the money and it's like now what? Yeah, forget it. Why would I go bang heads for for two years? And I think I think that's what like right like my favorite sport to watch is college football. I love it right because 
I would watch a college football game over the NFL because they play for their team, right? They play for their school. They play for each other. The NFL, it's like whether I'm not feeling great today, I'm still making $50 million a year. Like Mm -hmm. I'm too valuable, right? But like these college players, they play way harder. But now it's like you take the – almost like the – you make it professional where if it's like, well, you know, I'm making let's just call it $2 million a year and – you know, I'm not feeling good this game. I'm going to go into the NFL draft. Like, yeah, I'm going to save myself. It's like, no, like when I was in college, the amount of times I wrestled hurt because I, I did it for my team and I wanted to be out there, you know, it's like you're wrestling healthy, but <laughs> five years of college wrestling, you did something wrong or really, really right. You know, <laughs> one or the other, right. <laughs> um, were you, were you recruited by dresser? I was. Yeah. What was that like he seems he seems like probably one of the best recruiters in the game huh he's a professional i i mean i love i love dress right like mm-hmm. i still i still have a great relationship with him even when he left like i actually went out when i first moved to the moved to philly i went out and trained with uh you know david carr for a week and he's always asked me to come back like you know around the same time just with my schedule it, it kind of gets busy but you know, I have a great relationship with Dresher. Um, if you were his guy, right, he rode for you. And he 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 put his, uh, you know, head on a limb for me a few times and was always trying to, you know, make sure we were taken care of. And, you know, I have nothing bad to say about Dresher. No, I, not only like so, but here's the thing. People that don't, aren't close with him, didn't wrestle for him, didn't really, weren't around him very much. Those are the only people that, that talk shit on him. Yeah. But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. From every account that I've heard, he is ride or die with his athletes. Ride or die. And loyalty. And, like, that's one of the biggest traits you can have, you know, is he's loyal, right? And I say he's loyal, right? And then two years well, later. Well, no, but here's – yeah, I get it. But, like, that that that's smart, right? Like, that, you got to be – you got to be intelligent, too. He was going home right to – like, and I understood that. I'm like, you're, you're going home, man. Like, look at – like, look at what you've done with this program. Virginia Tech was about to be cut from the NCAA, mm-hmm. and he saved the program. You know, a and high school coach, a high school, coach. a high school coach saved the program. Him and Roby took Virginia Tech from how many teams are there in the NCAA? Seventy-two. I think they finished seventy-second at the NCAA's. Right? To we won a team trophy when I was there my yes. freshman year. Like that's incredible. And look at what he's done at Iowa State. Right, he took over the program, a blue blood program that, you know, was wasn't, wasn't good was when we took it over. I think they finished in the fifties and yeah. you know they're a top five, top ten program. And it's are like, they gonna beat Iowa this Sunday? I mean, I'm a root for dresser. It's gonna be I mean, man, it's gonna be crazy. I'm jealous. Jordan, uh Jordan's gonna be on the call. He's, like, he's on the mic, dude. I'm, I'm fired up about it. I wish you brought me out there. I should have called Jesser and been like, hey, bring me out this week to train, man, and get me that side tickets. I tell you what, it's gonna be Ames is gonna be fun. I I think I saw something today where Iowa has won the last 18 matchups and I think this might be the Cyclones year, man. I got I got them on paper right now at winning 18 to 13 or something like that. But, dude, it should be a ton of fun in Ames this weekend. And it's on ESPN. And Jordan Burroughs is commentating. And it's a big deal, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome for the sport, right? It's like – and that's one thing that Dresser is, is the 
best at is he's the best marketer, right? It's like he he's the only one that could pull that off. It's like we had uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Moss Arts Center in Virginia Tech, right? It's this giant music like like just arena, and he was just like, let's throw a wrestling mat on there. And now it's we've wrestled Virginia Tech has wrestled there every year and it's like one of the coolest places you'll ever see it seats about 2000 it's loud because it's made for like uh music right the acoustics are loud it's just awesome and it's like right he's he's a great recruiter he, he's a great you know leader of a program and there's no there's no secret to why virginia tech you know he him and coach roby were able to bring virginia tech essentially out of the gutter and you know you see what he's done at iowa state right and you know, obviously this is a big duel. I think they, right, it came down to the last match maybe two years ago, and I want to say it was super close last year, super right? Super close, yeah. Um, so maybe this is their year, right? I haven't really looked at the matchups. Who knows what I was going to do, you know? Like, they got guys shuffling in and out. So, you know, but Coach Brands, right, he's a, he's a world-class coach. It's like he's – that guy That guy doesn't like to lose, right? So no. Pulling some, some strings. He's going to be pulling Ben Cooter off the football field. <laughs> that kid's good yeah yeah He's talented hey you've talked a lot about loyalty both as an athlete as well as a coach um and we're living in a time with nil where loyalty is not necessarily on on the top of the list of of you know what people value how do you think you would go about building loyalty to a program to a coach to an athlete um you know what are some things that jump out to you yeah you know as we we talk to our club kids about this right it's like you know we live in a, a time too where people want to you know come in the club for a little bit and then kind of jump and just almost like sniff their nose in and see what these guys are doing right it's like when you got jordan burrows and dave mcfadden like running a club you know people kind of get a little bit curious right and like you know, we haven't really seen that much much in our club, but I know like when I was in college or when I was in high school with Buxton's, right? When Buxton opened up the clubs, right? We get guys like coming in and out, and I'm sure like every every club uh, deals with that. And I just think, right? It's like if you're gonna wrestle for someone, you know, you re you wrestle for them, right? It's not like oh, I'm gonna wrestle because this is what you know fits me. I wanted to wrestle for Coach Dresser and Coach Roby, right? I trusted them those guys rode for me right and they kind of built that relationship i think the biggest thing i've noticed with coaching is you have to build this trust right like i trust coach slay with that everything right i foresee myself wrestling one more cycle after this with no one else in my corner other than coach slay right because i built this relationship with him where i trust him he's helped me so much and he's a leader he doesn't just come in and show me wrestling moves, right? He talks to me about life, right? I'm recently married, right? And I'm new to it and, you know, just picking his brain and that and, you know, surrounding myself, like Mike said, with like people that are going to support you and, and kind of be on this mission alongside you. You can't do this, you know, can't do this alone, right? You can't do it without a coach. You can't do it without teammates. You can't do it without your family. You can't do it without a support system. No one's ever straight this far off the path and it's like i'm gonna coach myself i'm gonna wrestle myself are you gonna wrestle the adam dummy in the in the room you know it's so i think right like when we're you know talking to our club guys when we have these recruits coming into our campus it's like look like do you, you want to wrestle for us like we're going to build this relationship and we're going to care more um about you than if you're just winning for us and 
um i think that's really important like is you know being able to go out for coffees with like guys on your team and you know guys where you're coaching just be like hey is everything all right man like you know how's everything going how's school how's you know your home life like this and that and i think that's when you really start to see these games you know with these college kids it's like man these guys like really really care about me i trust them because if you don't trust your coach and he's showing you single legs it's like you're not going to trust that the way he's teaching you is the proper way so i think you think that that trust bleeds from personal life to the wrestling now yeah 100 100 if Coach Slay like never checked up on me or never asked me, oh, how's everything going? It was just like, hey, get in here and you're going to drill 100 high crotches and 100 single legs. It kind of be like, oh, like, okay, right? But it's like because we have these relationships, because we're so close as an RTC with each other, um, we all trust each other that, you know, when you're in the fire with these guys, like, you know what we're doing. We're training the right way and, you know, we're going to do some really great things together. And now, you know, we're going to, pass this on to the next generation and kind of pave, pave the way for them, you know? Okay. Um, we're, we're starting to, we're starting to run out of time here. 86 for the trials. Yeah. 86. Um, 74 is out of the question. <laughs> you mean six foot four and, yeah. and uh, 163 pounds doesn't work out? Okay, got it, got it. Got it, it. It's crazy though. I mean, right, like 79 to 86 is a 15 pound jump. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it seems like if you're going to add a weight, right. Like obviously I'm biased cause I wrestle there, but like, I'm a, I'm a, like a, I'm a big 79 kilo, but it's mm-hmm. like, I'm the perfect, I'm the perfect size for it. Um, but yeah, it's like my body feels good right now. Um, I was bummed. I couldn't compete at the fair. I was dealing with like a little tweak, nothing, nothing major, but with the open three weeks after it's like, Let's just be smart. Um, you know, my body feels great right now. I mean, I walk around about 86 kilos like normally. And, you know, instead of like trying to get up to 200 pounds, like I'm going to wrestle where I feel the best at. And um, so, yeah, you know. It's, and then after Paris, back down to 79. Yeah. Yeah. So my plan is to go back down to 79 after Paris and, you know, compete one more cycle. And then 2028, right, it's like, you know, if I could – lay out my master plan it'd be win the three world titles and then win an olympic gold in 28 right um if like right if that was like this is if i could predict the future and this is what i would want for my future right and you know kind of ride off into some sunset in la um but yeah i gotta make a decision in 28 like whether to go up or down right this year 86 makes the most sense but for my last year you know it's we gotta you know four or five years away but you know it's all right all right hold on let, let, I don't even, let's let's get through this cycle first because like the thought of you even considering going down is, is bananas to me but okay yeah. i'm not even gonna broach that okay let's run through some quick ones here brother it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um. What's the greatest wrestling shoe you've ever worn? 
greatest wrestling shoe I've ever worn. Yeah, what's your favorite? Dang, you got honestly, I'm wearing these right now. I got them on Amazon. They're the A6 Mac controls. They were like sixty dollars. I'm talking like bang for your buck, like, and they were delivered the next day. Thanks, Jeff Bezos. But I paid like sixty dollars for them. They were shipped the next day, and like they last, and they're great shoes. All right, all right, can't can't hate on it. I guess that's a good one. That's very good. Um, if you were to build a wrestler from scratch, would they be strong and powerful, or long, lanky, and flexible? Long, lanky, and flexible. Those are intangibles. <laughs> he says, as he's a six. You can always get stronger and more powerful, but you can't get more. I guess you technically could get more flexible, but if you just have that natural ability, yeah. Okay. All right. Magic wand. You've got a magic wand. You can wave it and you can change one thing about wrestling. What would it be? Uh, freestyle wrestling. Oh, another one. Wipe out folk style. I would have said the three-point takedown, but they've already done that. So I'll just say go over the freestyle. I just like watching freestyle much a lot more. And plus really? then, because you know the match is only going to be six minutes regardless. Like some of these overtimes, man, it's like a challenge brick. Then it's a two-minute period. Then another Somebody minute. Somebody starts bleeding. 30, 30-second 30 goes. It's like it's too long. It's too, too much. Long. It's too much. Six minutes. Ended on criteria. I like it. Okay. Who is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling? How many presidents? What is it? Four? Mm -hmm. Got to go JB. That's my guy, okay. right? Love that. I'm going to say Kale probably, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two more. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I got to think two more. I mean, oh man, like I'm trying not to go too recency bias, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think a guy like, you know, Kevin Jackson was an Olympic champion, Kenny okay. Martin, right? But All right, so David Taylor and Kyle Snyder, but then you have like this Amit Allure who's just. Oh, we're aware of how difficult this is. That's why we ask you. <laughs> Getting the first two is always easy. Yeah. It's whittling it down to four. What did I say for my first two? JB and Kale. JB and Kale. <sighs> Bo Bassett. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man. I love it. I don't I don't know. Um I'm not letting you off the hook, McFaddy. I'm gonna go. I'll throw Helen on there. Okay. I like that. I'll throw Helen. I'll get a woman's wrestler on there. And then oh. you know, I got two freestyle, I got a woman's wrestler, and I'll go, I'll throw a Greco so I don't okay. get hate from anyone. You gotta go rule on Gardner, right? All right, rule on. Olympic gold medalist, rule on Gardner. All right. Joel, you got anything else for uh, McFadden before we go? No, thanks so much for coming on. How can uh, how can everyone find you? Uh, not my address, but you can find me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give out your address on the internet, please, <laughs> knucklehead. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Michael will post my uh, my my handles on, yeah. on Instagram. I haven't been very active on Twitter. I just like scrolling through because my Twitter feed, man. Some of this, some of the stuff you see on Twitter, I'll just sit there and I'll just start cracking up. I'm like, how do people even think of this? Social media is a strange. Yeah, I think it's like David underscore McFadden. It's nothing flashy. All right. 
Nefati, you're the best, brother. Always a pleasure to speak to you. I'll catch up with you next time, man. Appreciate you guys. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. Later, brother. Thanks, David.